Blog Talk Radio. Finally, a global program specifically for wealthy, philanthropic women who are humble, gracious leaders. Sylvia Global's host, Gil Sylvia, invites you to join her in these conversations with first ladies of nations, households, business, and communities. Trustworthy, live conversations with women from around the globe provides a place for your voice to connect with women of integrity, passion, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Gail Sylvia. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited. I have a wonderful guest to introduce to all of you. Her name is Veronica Chapman. And Veronica was one of the successful winners of the coveted $10,000 startup money from 100 urban entrepreneurs during their pitch competition. Uh, Her product, her company, is called My Crowning Jewel. And it is, she creates fabulous um, designer headwear, and I'm so pleased to have her here uh, with us today. And happy birthday, Veronica. Thank you so much for celebrating your birthday with all of us around the world. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate Quite a pleasure. It. Oh, it's, a, it's an honor. You know, one of your favorite quotes is from Ladisi. You know, there's a hero in you that's waiting to happen. And how did you find that heroine within yourself? Well, um, yes, that's definitely one of my favorite quotes. Um, and Lettucey is actually one of my favorite, one of my favorite musicians. Um, but I must say that, you know, I've had wonderful parents, wonderful friends, and a wonderful village around me who've always instilled in me, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And for me, I've always, even as a young person, always been kind of aware of my surroundings and um, of the fact that there are people who have, people who have not, and things that there are a lot of things that we are here on earth that we can, you know, be an asset to, asset to society and really help um, each other while we're here. So, um, you know, I think it's important for all of us. We all have great skills and talents. We just need to basically take stock of those and, you know, put them to use. You know, there were five key words that you used to describe yourself uh, when you know in preparation for this conversation today, and that was purpose-driven, grounded, personable, and honest. How does this apply to? How do these character characteristics contribute to your success with 100 Urban Entrepreneurs? Well, um, you know, for me, like you know, it's about what motivates you, and I was. You know, the day of the competition, it was kind of funny because I didn't necessarily know that I was going to pitch, but I was prepared to pitch. So um, my whole motivation for even starting My Crowning Jewel began with my um, desire to um, basically fund a nonprofit that I had started for teenagers. Um, so, So it was about, you know, being prepared in the moment. How can you address the need and how can you use you know, your skills, your purpose, and bring together, you know, talented people who are supportive who can basically get on, you know, on board with your your vision. And my vision is to, through my crowning jewel, is to provide beautiful head wrap jewels for women who wrap their hair, you know, be it for a function, whether they're wrapping their hair at night or maybe they've lost their hair due to, 
chemotherapy or lupus or any other reason, or if even if they just want to be fashionable. But the point is we all want to feel good about ourselves. So, you know, how can we feel good, you know, while wrapping our crowns? And we can still feel good in a crowning jewel. Um, and I wanted to address, you know, that need for beauty um, and my ultimate goal also is to be able to address the need for teen jobs by combining my nonprofit, which is called Box Out, and my crowning jewel together. So that, you know, that's basically a representation of, like, how I'm purpose-driven. It's how do you address needs but also fulfill what you believe you're here to do on earth. And so that's definitely why I get up every day. <laughs> That's that's absolutely beautiful and very important because this sounds like you're carrying your values into the purpose of your work and your passion is also part of what's fueling the purpose of your work. Exactly. It's so important to, to carry that, I believe. Now, you you also launched your, your new website today. I think it's absolutely yeah. stunning. And Thank I think it's so reflective much. of... Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely stunning. I encourage everyone to take a look at it. You know, we'll have a link on it at sylviaglobal.com and um, along with this broadcast. But they can find this link at www.mycrowningjewel.com. Again, that's mycrowningjewel, all one word, dot com. And, you know, your story is here, you know, that you started My Crowning Jewel because you were tired of the unattractive and ineffective object, options, not objects, but options available for wrapping your hair at night. Tell us more of your story and how you pitched this um, in such a successful manner to 100 Urban Entrepreneurs. Sure. Um, so I have, I have a, my, my partner is my aunt, um, and her name is Louisa Chapman. And I was visiting her, and I had this, I wrapped my hair at night, to protect it from breakage and also to maintain the style. And I was wearing this white bonnet that was just really unattractive, and it, and it didn't stay on. So not only it wasn't unattractive, but it also wasn't functional. And I went downstairs, and we were having morning coffee, and I said, I've been looking for a product that can address a need, you know, and I really believe that women deserve better, that we deserve options that stay on. And you often hear women who wrap their hair at night complain about you know, one, that it's unattractive to how they may be embarrassed to be seen in it either by a visitor or by a significant other. And, you know, I did market research and I found that women not only thought they weren't attractive, but as I said, they really were upset by the fact that they don't stay on. And so we did this market research and we, um, I pitched this to Louisa and we came up with the design. And by the time I participated in the 100 Urban Entrepreneurs event, I also had um, a prototype with me. And, you know, the women and the, pe- the people in the audience could relate. And you, you state the problem and you state the solution. And, you know, everyone could relate to wanting to feel better. And in addition to that, when I was looking for a manufacturer, one of the manufacturers I visited, the woman who managed it, managed it was a cancer survivor. And so while we, you know, are launching this in order to address one need, we met women along the way who said, I slept in a baseball cap, you know, when I was undergoing chemo, and this, you know, that was horrible, and, you know, this stays on, and it's attractive, and so we really need this. And it's just really good to be working towards the goal and just figuring out that you can actually help other people more, 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 um, 
like, you know, that it, that's it's important to more people than even the people who you created it for. So it was really, really good. Um, Veronica, you're going in and out a little bit. It's a, a oh. bit muffled sometimes with your um, just saying. Can you share with us the the experience of winning and then what has happened that's transformed your direction with your business, you know, as a winner? Sure. The experience of winning, and can you hear me? I just want to make sure. Can you hear me properly? Yes. Yes, okay. thank you. Okay, yes. The the experience um, was really, really great. It was really exhilarating. There were people in the audience, and you, you have 60 seconds to pitch, and, you know, you, you just have that time to captivate the audience and the judges. And so winning was wonderful because not only was I excited to win, but the audience who was present, that was present, was really excited that I won as well. And since then, it's been great because there was also a mentoring through the program. So you get mentoring from the program, but you're also part of a community of other entrepreneurs who can share some of the ups and downs of the process because there are always challenges. Whenever you're striving for something, there's always a challenge. So it was, you know, just a great experience and it helped provide, you know, exposure and direction and mentoring. And so, you know, I'm really grateful for that. How did you learn about the 100 Entrepreneurs and the pitch competition? I learned about it because the um, they were partnering at the time with the National Urban League Conference, and the conference um, was taking place in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm in the area. So when I saw the opportunity, you know, I just thought, you know, I have this idea, we have a great product, let me prepare so I can take advantage of the opportunity. And so I started preparing a pitch, and you have to submit some preliminary information before before the uh, pitch date. And I submitted it, and then on the day of the pitch, I got um, a call telling me where to go. And thankfully, I was prepared, and I did well, and I'm really, really fortunate to have um, competed and won in that competition. How many people were in competition that day? That day, I believe there are um, either 11 to 15 people. Wow. And so talk to us about the successful mentoring experience that you've had with 100 Urban Workers. Certainly. Um, we we go through, through the, in the mentoring program, you have a mentor with whom you can converse and and run through various challenges that you may have and get great feedback. But also we had sessions, weekly sessions that focus on different parts of a business plan. So it may be marketing or financing or or the financial section of a business plan. And so by the time we, we completed the mentoring, we had a functioning business plan prepared. And that's great because when you do that, it gives you time to think about things that you may not have considered when when you're you know, when you just had an idea. So it was it was really great to have to write things down, to be forced to write things down and put, you know, pen to pad and make sure that you're on the right track to succeed. Did you have experience in this um with being more prepared perhaps than others because of your 
aunt's involvement or other experiences in your own family as entrepreneurs? Yes. Um, well, I have a. I also ha- I have an MBA as well, so I I had already had the experience of you know. Well, already I had started a youth organization, and I had been running that for a couple of years, and then I got to a point where I required more funding, and then I was thinking of what kind of product could I launch to help fund fund that. And this is kind of you know, so that was a preparation before here. So I had great family members who are on my team who have business experience and they share their wisdom and knowledge and I also have a my own business experience and a master's in business which, you know, my my um, program definitely prepared me for this sort of um endeavor. Um talk to us about where you plan to go with your where your business is now and where you plan to go with it. Sure. Um right now we have we, we launched our website today, and we've launched taking pre-orders that will be delivered by the end of this month. We just got word from our manufacturer, which is in the United States and Massachusetts, that our jewels, we call them jewels, so our jewels will be ready um, next week. So we will begin shipping out our jewels next week. Um, and basically, you know, we created a 1,000 units, and we want to see, you know, what our customers say. We've spent time planning and designing and manufacturing, and now it's time for the customers, and we'll take their feedback and determine, you know, what works, what may not work. Um, And you're going to take that and just also start considering, you know, once we're successful with our jewels, what other products are in line with our vision for the company could we introduce to the market. And then, like I, as I mentioned, our social mission, eventually we would like once we're fully established, right now we're only online. So once we're fully established, we have an office space. We would also like to add the this, this social component, which would be helping to provide um, teens jobs in our customer service division, and and so they can get the the experience they need to be leaders leaders as well. You know, it sounds to me, Veronica, like uh, it sounds to me that you're business motivations are really fueled by philanthropic goals and a desire to and for the model of your business operation um to be inclusive of not only fulfilling those philanthropic goals but to provide leadership models around business development and economic development within your community is that would that be an accurate um observation? Very accurate. Exactly. That is exactly the goal and the So business. it seems yeah. it seems appropriate then that this is a good time for you to talk about your philanthropic um the philanthropic legacy that you are creating. Certainly. Certainly. Well it, it, I I went to Spelman College undergrad and you know Spelman College when I was there, you know, our motto was they create women who serve. And so in addition to my parents instilling in me the need to, you know, use my talents in the world for good, um, you know, Spellman also, re- you know, in- instilled that as well. So, um, you know, once I graduated, the first thing I did was actually produce a play called Ancestors, Inc., which talked about a young man who's underperforming and how, you know, his ancestors who were actually entrepreneurs who used entrepreneurship to improve their communities and the circumstances of people in their communities, you know, how they set the expectation for him and get 
young people thinking about entrepreneurship. And after that, I um, went to grad school for um, for my MBA at Babson College in Massachusetts. And post-graduating, uh, I launched an organization called Box Out, which means to think outside the box when engaging, you know, youth. And I work with um, teenagers in, you know, low-income communities. And initially what I did was partner with organizations and provide programming around global awareness, public speaking, um, entrepreneurship. And I realized that there's so many teens who aren't, you know, for whatever reason, aren't accessing great programming. And we realized that we were able to get teens who were not interested in participating in programming, we were able to get them really excited about learning because our programs are really dynamic. And so we want to change our model to use our dynamic programs to assess the interest of disconnected teens. And we also realize that they need jobs, like teens need jobs. So um, our goal for the next, I call it Box Out 2.0, is to be able to merge the two visions. My crowning jewel is, you know, addressing a need, it's a product, it's a beautiful product that addresses a need for many communities, and how can we combine the two to address, you know, an overall desire and vision for the goals that you mentioned, the philanthropic, you know, goals of both both organizations, really. What is your family's legacy philanthropically? Where did that come from in addition to the 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 heritage and the legacy instilled in you from Spellman. Right, right. Well, my um, my father, for instance, was you know his the first black city councilman in the town of Elizabeth, New Jersey, and he has always been a champion, you know, for social causes and making sure that you know promoting education and being a mentor. And my mother is is. Is, is like an angel. So she she's always been a great example of, you know, going the extra mile, being that great friend, the person, you know, the person you want to call and need because she's always, she's a giver. And, you know, I've always been surrounded by, you know, my parents who have always, you know, it's so funny, I was their child, but they had so many children while I was growing up. You know, there were children, they had so many children, and it was great to see that my parents not only cared about me, but they cared about so many other people, and while they loved me, I wasn't, you know, this, you know, the only person they cared about. They cared about their community, and they cared about the people, their friends, and helping people, and so that's that's where I learned it. That was the beginning. Did you just, you, it sounds like you saw it in action. Was there also discussion of the importance of it, which goes back to to whom much is given, much is expected? <laughs> yes, there was, you know, my, um, there's, there's always, there was always discussion. Um, but I have to say that I'm definitely the type of person I observe a lot, and I observe and I observed that my parents were about action. They never talked about what they did or how much they gave or how many people they helped. They just do. And so they were just great models. And I observed that and learned from it. And I, you know, I really strive to honor them in what I'm doing. You know, honor them by being who I believe. You know, they would love me to be and who I believe I should be in this world. Do you have siblings? 
I do. I have a younger brother. He's nine years younger, and he's an exceptional um, jazz and classical pianist. <laughs> His name is oh, Gil wonderful. Scott Chapman. Yeah, and he's, Gil, he's awesome. Gil Scott Chapman, huh? Yeah. Oh, wonder <laughs> who, who influenced that name. <laughs> I know someone. Gil Scott Harriet. You know, a friend of ours, their son's name is Coltrane. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. And I think my his middle name always, is Oh, really? Well, <laughs> in my house, it was mandatory to take piano lessons until you were 18. But even though my brother's nine years younger, when he was eight years old, it was clear that he was the more gifted pianist. <laughs> <laughs> so you're... You're in a family business. What are some of the challenges that you have faced and how have you faced them? Because that's a very integral part of business success. It's um, being able to work through business disappointments, business quote-unquote failures, and all of those things that are building blocks that lead to a legacy of entrepreneurial success. Certainly. Well, you know, we there have definitely been challenges. I mean, especially there's challenges in anything, but when you're dealing with a family business, there there I would say even more challenges sometimes. Um, but for us, initially the challenges were we've never worked together toward a business. Like we've worked together and supported each other for what we maybe were doing as individuals, but we never had to come together, sit down generations at a, different generations at a table with an idea and how do we make this happen and how do you adjust to how one person works because you have to learn the work side of the person and, and how do you balance it, you know, between how they work and how you need to operate to be um, effective. And so that definitely presented some challenges, but I believe what is helping us succeed and what will continue to help us is that we're focused on the vision and on the goal. And we've figured out how to adjust to each other and when there's any kind of maybe disagreement or maybe something said in a way that's not appreciated, how can we talk about that and address it so that it's not lingering? Mm-hmm. There's a, um, I have not heard you make reference to... Um, the MBA training, it sounds like you're applying some very essential, um, extremely valuable skills that are underestimated when people think about going into business with family. How about your academic training and preparation? Um, How has that skill set enhanced um, what 100 urban entrepreneurs supported? Certainly. You know, when I was at at Batson, it was very it was very difficult, <laughs> you know, especially with the first year. It's kind of like they throw all this information at you, and it's up to you to make sense of it. And so they always used to say to us every semester that we have to get used to and be comfortable with operating in ambiguous situations or, like, challenging situations. And... You know, and everything's not going to be clear all the all the time. And all you can do is apply, you know, the tools you learn. But at the end of the day, you have to make, you know, a decision. <laughs> and either it's a good decision, and that's wonderful. And if it's a a different decision, what how, what can you do to address it? Like if it's not a great outcome, how can you use your skills and tools and knowledge to address it? And so, you know, that definitely has been you know, an integral part in in what I'm doing now. 
Because nothing's ever is, certain or clear in entrepreneurship. It's always something, and, and how can you manage it and how can you persevere? And it's really, at the end of the day, about perseverance. Yeah. This is absolutely um, words of wisdom that you're speaking. What personally are you feeling you um, need to develop in order to become a better entrepreneur and philanthropist, are additional skill sets and support that you feel um, that you're you're working on and need at this time? Sure, I believe for me the challenge is I tend to work. I, I work well with people, and I I believe that I'm I'm capable of leading well and following well. But I think I'm used to making decisions and and executing them alone. And I don't always seek the input of others. I may seek seek it after the fact, but I tend to not include a lot of people in decisions. And for me, going from leading, you know, my nonprofit organization to working in a team, that's been the challenge for me. Like, how do I – because if you include more people and they're people you respect and have – you know, talents and skills and experience, it's important to include, include other people. So for me, my challenge is something I'm always reminding myself of daily is mm-hmm. how can you include more people in, you know, your your thoughts and subsequent, subsequent actions. How do you address, how do you reach out and do, how do you change this behavior and improve upon that? Well, Right now, you know, I'm still in, it's kind of like I'm still in the process where in the last two weeks I figured out, you know, this is a challenge that I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with. So some things aren't best done alone because some, you know, there was this exercise we did in business school where they put ten of us at a table and they said, okay, everyone complete the puzzle in the middle. And the teams that put ten people on the puzzle never finished, but the teams who picked one or two people, they finished and they were the quickest. And so for me, it's like how do you find that balance between not wanting to include eight people in the decision but including the right people in in the decision? So I think Mm -hmm. I've done a better job at identifying the people on my team who would best help me on certain projects instead Mm -hmm. of, going to the entire team and getting feedback. So now I may identify one other person on the team to have input on what I'm doing, and then I'll push it to the team for feedback instead of, you know, having everyone involved and then it just gets so jumbled, or instead of just having me do it and then pushing it to everyone. It's, it's important to bring one, maybe one other person along whose input would be, you know, would, would improve the initial results, I believe. Veronica Chamber, I'm so proud of you and just absolutely have the deepest of gratitude for your parents and their and your grandparents and your aunt and all of the people that have influenced um you you know from Spellman and beyond, you know, that have created uh, that have been a part of creating you and that you're applying these skill sets and this heart. Um, this very compassionate heart and purpose um, to the work that you're doing. You're such a worthy winner from 100 Urban Entrepreneurs, and I'm sure that all of them are extremely um, 
proud of you and you're distinguished among them. And that's why they asked us to have you on sylviaglobal.com. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And, Any closing and I know, thoughts? Yeah, go sure. ahead. Well, I know you're called Sylvia Global, so I just must say that, you know, my undergrad degree was in Spanish and I've gotten, a, a, you know, the chance to travel so many places. And I can just tell you that one place that I got to go legally was Cuba. And um, I went there in 2003, and that's where I learned, you know, people talk about being resourceful, but no one knows resourceful. I mean, some people know. People know. I'm not going to say no one knows. But when I was in Cuba, I saw such amazing displays of how people can be resourceful in a country that faced embargoes and, and ha- has its own challenges like any nation. But, I mean, when I was there, I really had this feeling like if I can't go home in the United States and make something of the opportunities that I've had, be it my education, be it my family, my friend, my friend, my friends, you know, like who am I to not try to do something? And so, you know, I would say that it's so awesome that you're you're, you're global because it's so great to learn from people all over the world and and really just embrace difference and learn from each other. It's so wonderful. So I'm just so excited and thank you so much for having me. Um, the honor was uh, is completely ours, and uh, the reason that we launched Sylvia Global was to provide a platform to amplify the voices of women and girls and the incredible good work that is being done around the world, and we'll be launching in Spanish and Korean here within the next quarter. Caribbean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Total. So thank you so much. Happy birthday to you. Thank and you. Congratulations on every level. We'll look forward to having you back. Um, um, our audience can buy your product, learn more about you at mycrowningjewels.com. That's plural, correct? Dot com. Oh, my, Jewels my, singular, mycrowningjewel.com. Dot com. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Veronica. Happy birthday. So glad Thank you were born. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Sylvia Global with your host, Gail Sylvia. Become a subscriber to Sylvia Global for unique listener opportunities. Follow on Twitter and like them on Facebook. For more information, go to www.sylviaglobal.com. That's Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com.